1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. Our Sunday morning series has been four things we must confess. One of our launching scriptures has been Proverbs 18 and verse 21, which says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In your life, right now, you are the sum total of everything you have said and done. So to change your life, to change your circumstances for the better, you've got to change what you are saying and you have to change what you are doing. And if you will take God's word, and if you will believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth, and take action upon it, it will change your life for the better. In this series, four things we must confess, we've learned about who we are in Christ, and where we are in Christ, and what we can do, what we possess in Christ, and now we're learning about what we can do in Christ. Remember the success formula that God gave Joshua in Joshua 1, beginning in verse 6. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, say then. I love to say it this way, only then. Then and only then. Say it, say then and only then. See, there are are people and they're believing God for their way to be prosperous and successful, but there are some things that we have to do. And we have to meditate on his word day and night. And we have to be careful to do not just the things we want to do or the things we like doing, We have to be careful to do everything written in it. Then we will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Tell your neighbor, say, do not be terrified. terrified. Tell your other neighbor, "Do do not be discouraged. As I said before the message, don't fear the threats of the wicked. 
Jesus said, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, which means do not worry. Our Heavenly Father wants you to have good success. Now out there in the world, there are countless examples of bad success. People that seem to have everything, but they're, they're miserable, they're depressed, they're lonely, they're addicted, they're suicidal. Everyone in their family hates their guts. No one, no one wants to be around them. The only people at their birthday party are people they pay to be at their birthday party. Well, that's not good success. That is bad success. But our Heavenly Father wants us to have good success. But we have to meditate on His Word day and night. We have to be careful to do what's written in it, and we cannot let His Word depart from our mouth. Say, my mouth. So it's a discipline to turn off the news, to turn off the distractions, to turn off everything the world is saying, and to not let his word depart from our mouths. Joshua 1.8, the New King James says, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So regardless of whatever the circumstances are, you have to remind yourself of 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18, which says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They are temporary. They are passing away. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They are forever. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We could say it this way, we walk by the word of God and not by sight or not by our circumstances. So we don't deny the circumstances. We choose to ignore the circumstances. We choose to look not at the circumstances. And in the midst of whatever is going on, we choose to say what the Word of God says. As he told Joshua, we choose not to let his Word depart from our mouths. And praise God, our Heavenly Father, he hears us and he answers us when we pray according to his Word in faith. The fourth thing we must confess is what we can do in Christ. Say, what I can do. do. Say it again. Say, what I can do. do. And maybe you've not considered the thought, but you can do more than what you're currently doing. You can do greater than what you are currently doing. You can be more successful than you currently are. You can make more money than you are currently making. You can walk in greater blessing than you are currently walking in. The fourth thing we must confess is what we can do in Christ. Say, what I can do. do. This has to do with our empowerment by God and our ability in Christ. In Christ Jesus, we have supernatural divine ability. And you have ability beyond what religion and tradition would tell you. And maybe you don't know about your ability, but the Bible is full of what we can do in Christ. The Bible is full of our ability. The Bible is literally filled with page after page of accounts of men and women empowered by God to accomplish the impossible. Too many Christians have been taught what they can't have, what they can't do, who they can't be, and what's impossible. But as we learned last Sunday, that is not the language of God. Can't, won't, is not the language of God. It is not the language of faith. The language of the Bible The language of God is can-do language. You can do what our Heavenly Father says you can do. Say, I can do do. what God 
says, I can do. Say it again. Say, I can do what God says I can do. So maybe someone told you, you can't, or you won't, or you will never be. But if they're not God, their opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was a teacher or a coach. It doesn't matter if it was someone influential in your life. It could have been mom or dad. But if they are not God, their word is not final in your life. So we're learning about what we can do in Christ Jesus. You will never rise higher than your confession. Your level of faith will never rise higher than your confession. And your level of victory will never rise higher than the level of your confession. Confession is what sets the power of God into motion. Kenneth Hagin Sr., Dad Hagin would often say that we turn our faith loose by saying what we believe. Say, I turn my faith loose by saying what I believe. But, but tomorrow's Monday. There'll be people out there in the world, and they'll say it's going to be a terrible week. It'll even be Labor Day. They'll, they'll, they'll be off work, grilling, barbecuing, having a relaxful day, and they'll still be negative. It's going to be a terrible week, not going to make any sales this week. You know, they're, they're in expectation of bad things happening. So you got to turn your faith loose by saying what you believe is going to happen. And it's better to believe good things are going to happen than bad, negative things are going to happen. Proverbs 6 and verse 2 says, Thou art snared or trapped. Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. Whose mouth? Thy mouth. That's my mouth. That's your mouth. Say, I am snared or I am trapped by the words of my mouth. And if you've watched uh, hunting on TV or you've hunted in real life, if you've seen what uh, a bear trap can do, that's not a pretty picture. And so you have to picture negative words like that in your life. Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. So if we want to change our lives for the better, we've got to change what you, we're saying. Words limit people. Wrong words, negative words, discouraging words limit people. Words contrary to the word of God limit people. You will be trapped or snared by the words of your mouth. Or you can rise higher by the words of your mouth. You can be more successful by the words of your mouth. You can have a great week this week by the words of your mouth. You can do more and achieve more and have more by the words of your mouth. It's about what you're saying. It's about what you're doing. It's about what you're confessing. So the fourth thing we must confess is what we can do in Christ. And what can we do in Christ? First, we are enabled to do all things through Christ. Now, we learned last Sunday that this doesn't mean that you can do all things, period. We can do all things in line with the Word of God. Amen. You know, we live in crazy days. We live, we live in days where in the world they say that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. No, you cannot. That is an impossibility. So when we say you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that's in line with the Word of God. That's in line with a good and godly and righteous life. Say, I am enabled to do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13 
And Paul wrote these words while he was in prison for proclaiming the gospel. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, I'm enabled to do all things through Christ. Jesus said in Mark 9 and verse 23, all things are possible, which means all things are possible, which means all things are possible. See, the problem is what's going on here. And the problem is what's going on here. And you might be like the father that came to Jesus and said, Lord, help thou my unbelief. And that's why you got to go home this week and you've got to set the time aside and you've got to open the word of God and meditate on his word day and night and build faith into your heart and faith into your life and then be in church every time the doors are open because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because Jesus said in Mark 9 and verse 23, all things are possible to who? Him who believes, which can be any man or any woman. Say, I'm enabled to do all things through Christ. What can we do in Christ? Second, we are victorious in Christ. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Say it again. Say, I am victorious through Christ. So, so maybe at work they're threatening you. Maybe at work they're telling you you have to do this or that. Maybe at work they're telling you that if you don't do this or that, they're going to fire you. You have to f- go to a place. Could be a closet, could be your car. You Got to go to a place, a quiet place, and lift your hands and say, I am victorious through Christ. And then you have to discipline yourself to say what is going to happen. And what is going to happen is you're going to be blessed with a better job making more money with better benefits. Or what's going to happen is maybe that person will be fired and you're going to be their new supervisor. Whatever it is, you've got to say what you want. You've got to say what you want to happen. Not what you fear, not what you dread, not what you are worried about. That's a lesson from the book of Job. He said, that which I have feared has come upon me. You've got to get the fear out of your life. You've got to get the worry out of your life. And you've got to get back into the Word of God and not let His Word depart from your mouth. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Not only are we enabled to do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we are also made victorious through Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, but thanks be to God. Say, but thanks be to God. So praise is the answer. Thanksgiving is the answer. Worship is the answer. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Under the new covenant, because of what Jesus did, we are the sons and daughters of Almighty God. Well, we shouldn't have carpet burns on our chins from worming and crawling our way through life, whining and complaining about our burdens or from carrying burdens that are not even ours in the first place. Have you never read Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan? The burden, the burden of sin, the burden of the curse of the law, it is all removed from us at Calvary. What did Jesus say? Matthew 11, beginning in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. Say rest. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. Say easy. Easy. And my burden is light. Say light. Light. My yoke is easy. easy. 
and my burden is light. Well, well, Brother Austin, it's just so hard living for the Lord. And it's more difficult to live for the Lord in 2021. And it's just so hard and it's so difficult to do what's right. And it's just so hard and difficult to come to church in person. And I just got used to wearing my pajamas all the time. It's hard. It's, it's difficult to get up early on Sunday mornings. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's so hard, Austin, to do what you're talking about and to save. It's so hard to put God first and, and to tithe. It's, it's so hard to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's so hard to venture out beyond myself and to tell others about the good news that we have in Christ. My yoke is easy. Say easy. easy. And my burden is light. Say light. light. It's hard living for the world. It's hard living for the devil. It's hard doing everything the world wants you to do because it literally changes every single day. It's easy to live for the Lord. It's easy to serve God. It's easy to live life God's way. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, see, you might have to renew your mind to that and say that throughout this week. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your yoke is easy and the burden is light. Not hard, not difficult, not impossible. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What did the Apostle Paul tell us? 2 Corinthians 2, 14. But thanks be to God who always, say always. always. Say it again, say always. always. And you might mark or highlight or underline or circle that in your Bible. Always. And what does always mean? It means always. Who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. So always. He always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. In Rome, generals would return from victorious crusades in foreign lands, and they would march through the streets of Rome in triumphal procession. They would display deposed kings in cages, and they would parade their conquests and their victory and the spoils of war. They would parade it all through Rome. That's what God does for us in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. Say, thanks be to God. God. Say it again. Say, thanks be to God. He always leads us. Say it again. Say, he always leads us. So say, he always leads me in triumphal procession. So so it doesn't matter what the email says. It doesn't matter what what the, the content of the telephone call is. It doesn't matter what they say you must or must not do. He always leads us in triumphal procession. And again, if something doesn't work out, God's got better for you. And how do I know that? Because I'm saying it. When when one door is closed, he can open another door. All things are possible for who? For the man or the woman who believes God. And so if all things in your life haven't been possible, you've not been believing God. You've not been believing his word. You've not been believing what he can do in you and through you. All things are possible for the man or woman who believes God. Say, he always leads me. Say it again. Say, he always leads me in triumphal procession in Christ. Our Heavenly Father wants you to join the parade of victory. He wants you to be a part of the parade of victory. And maybe you've been doing mourning and grumbling and complaining and crying and whining and all of that. He wants you to join the parade of victory, of celebration, of 
rejoicing. That's why the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I was glad, not sad, not mad, not upset. Amen? I was glad. Our Heavenly Father wants you to join the parade of victory. He wants you to join the triumphal procession. Our Heavenly Father wants you to demonstrate, like a Roman general would, He wants you to demonstrate your conquests and your faith victories, your victories over sickness, your victories over not enough, your victories over poverty and lack, your victories over failure, and ultimately our victory over death. Say, I am victorious through Christ. What brings this victory? Is it doubt or unbelief? Is it negativity? Is it the negative words that most people speak and prophesy over their own lives? Well, of course not. 1 John 5, beginning in verse 3. This is love for God, to obey His commands. And His commands are not burdensome. So every command of God, you got to get this in your heart. Every command of God is for our good and our benefit. You'll even hear it at St. Paul's in New Testament class when we get to the law and I explain the law to the students. I tell them that even the parts of the law that we are no longer bound to, like the dietary law, we look at the Old Testament and we see that God gave his people those rules because he loved them. He he wanted them to enjoy healthy and long lives. And even though we're not bound to that today in Christ, we can still see the wisdom of it And we can recognize, like the Apostle Paul said, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we've got to take care of what our Heavenly Father has blessed us with. His commands are not burdensome. So maybe you have been taught that serving God is hard. Maybe you have been taught that living a holy and a righteous life is hard, that it is difficult. You have been told wrong. Because the Bible says His commands are not burdensome which means his commands are not burdensome. It is a joy to serve the Lord. It is a blessing to serve the Lord. It is a great benefit and great privilege to serve the Lord. And he is, as we're going to get to, he is working good on our behalf. So his commands are not burdensome. Say, they're not burdensome. burdensome. And really, when people talk that way, they're they're bad-mouthing the Lord. And they're bad-mouthing his word. And they're saying it's a great big pain in the rear end to serve God. And of course, he can't bless that. His commands are not burdensome. For everyone, say everyone. Everyone born of God. That's every believer. That's every Christian. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So what kind of faith do we have? It is a faith that overcomes. Remember years ago, I was a student at TCU, was driving one of my father's vehicles. The license plate on that car said, overcome. And of course it was shortened, but the license plate said, overcome. I believe he still has that one. And I was just driving, not on university, but a side street. And another young driver, she pulled over right in front of me, into me. And uh, that car needed a lot of work done. And I remember her, her insurance agent calling me to ask for the estimate, to ask all the questions. But he, he really didn't care about all that. He was upset about what the license plate on the car said. Well, what are you overcoming? 
Well, right now I'm overcoming your client running into this nice vehicle. <laughs> Our faith is the victory that, is, that overcomes the world. And you might say, well, Austin, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that, you're overcoming. Austin, I'm facing this, I'm facing that, you're overcoming. Austin, there, there's this negativity or there's that discouragement. You have to say what the Word says and say, I'm overcoming. Because our faith is the faith that overcomes. And everyone born of God overcomes. So if you're not overcoming, maybe you need to be born of God. If you're not overcoming, maybe you need to get saved. If you're not overcoming, maybe you need to be a part of the family of God. Because it says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. So our faith is a faith that overcomes. And he always, he always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Say it again. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Say, I have the victory. Smile at your neighbor and say, you have the victory. Smile at your other neighbor and say, you have the victory. In Christ, we have the victory. We have the victory in all things over all circumstances. God does not cause all things, but in all things, God works good on our behalf. Look at Romans 8, beginning in verse 28. Romans 8, beginning in verse 28. And we know that in all things. So our, our wonderful heavenly Father doesn't cause all things. You need to stop saying ignorant things like that. He doesn't cause all things. But in all things, God works for the good of those who, what? Love him. Well, well, who loves the Lord? Somebody that hasn't been in church for a year? Somebody that the pastor only hears from when there's an emergency in their life? He works good on the behalf of those who love him. We were just in 1 John, this is love for God to, someone knows it, to obey his commands. Well, well, I thought, Brother Austin, that to love God is to be the most gushy, squishy, feely, sensitive person at church. No. This is love for God to obey his commands. And he works good on the behalf of those who love him. Or we could learn from the Apostle John, the Apostle Love. He works good on the behalf of those who obey his commands. See, for this to work, you got to be a doer of the word which takes you right back to what the Lord told Joshua. In all things, he works for the good of those who love him. As John tells us, for the good of those who obey him, who obey his commands, who have been called according to his purpose, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? We've learned about this. Say, I have all things in Christ. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Well, we know it's the enemy. We know it's Satan. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger 
or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, and all these things. Now, now where's the grumbling here? Where's the complaining here? Where's the negativity here? It's not there. Even in trouble, even in difficulty, even in unbelievable circumstances. Verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. So nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, we see in verse 28, in all things God works good for those who love him. Verse 37, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. In all these things we are more than conquer. Say, I'm a conqueror. Say, I'm a victor. Say, I'm overcoming. Say, I'm pulling ahead. Say, I am victorious. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Well, Austin, I've got a sad tale to tell you. I got a sad story to tell you. Nothing, verse 39, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Say, I have the victory. Smile at your neighbor and say, you have the victory. Smile at your other neighbor and say, you have the victory. Now, it may not feel like it. By the circumstances, it might not look like it. That's why we have to look not in faith, in God, in Christ, according to his word, according to what our heavenly father says, you have the victory. Say, I have the victory. In Christ, we have the victory. We have the victory in all things, over all circumstances. In Christ, we have the victory no matter what. In Christ, we even have the victory over death. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Say, I have the victory. Say, I have the victory in all things. Say, I have the victory over all circumstances. Say, I'm a conqueror in Christ Jesus, even in death. Now, I know religious people don't really believe this by how they act and by what they say. But I'm talking about what the Word of God says. Even in death, even in the face of death, the believer has the victory. Even when facing trouble or persecution, the believer has the victory. In the first century, when Christians faced certain death, when they faced lions or being beheaded or being put to death or burned to death, even then, they had the victory. Even today, as believers in Afghanistan face the Taliban, they have the victory. Even in death, even in the face of death, the believer has the victory. Last Sunday in the first service, Pastor mentioned Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Pastor quoted his words that he spoke before he was 
put to death for resisting Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. He came from a conservative, well-to-do family. They were Lutheran, never went to church, except for Easter and Christmas. They were cultural Christians. And yet this young boy, he decided that he wanted to be a pastor, a man of the church. He finished his dissertation in his early 20s. He was already pastoring. But as I said Wednesday, as a young man in his 20s serving as a youth pastor, he wrote to a cousin, Elizabeth Zen. She was a professor. He wrote to her and said, for the first time in my life, I have discovered the Bible. And his life changed, and he became much more conservative than his upbringing and his liberal German education. When Hitler was sworn in as chancellor of Germany, on the same day, Bonhoeffer gave a radio address, and he said that when a leader becomes an idol, the leader automatically becomes a misleader. They didn't like that broadcast. The Nazis pulled the plug. He was a part of the confessing church. For a period of time, he ran an illegal seminary. Later, the Gestapo shut it down. And so Pastor mentioned his words last Sunday. On April 9, 1945, just three weeks before Hitler's cowardly death by suicide, and only two weeks before U.S. soldiers arrived at the Flossenburg concentration camp, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the other conspirators were executed. The morning before, on Sunday, April 8, 1945, he led his fellow prisoners in a worship service. He prayed and preached the word of God one last time. He spoke from Isaiah 53 and verse 5 and 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. At the end of the service, two Nazi soldiers came for him. Leaving, Bonhoeffer said, as pastor shared this week, or past week, he said, this is the end, for me, the beginning of life. He was transferred to the Flossenburg concentration camp 200 miles away where he was going to be executed at dawn. Sometime after 5 a.m., they stripped him naked and took him to the gallows. H. Fisher Holstrong, the camp doctor, described Bonhoeffer's death this way, quote, through the half-open door in one room of the huts, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer before taking off his prison guard, kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to his God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout, so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a short prayer and climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. If you read a work like John Fox's Book of Martyrs, there's account after account after account from the Roman periods of persecution to the Protestant Reformation of men and women of God who faced certain death for the gospel. And they were put to death in all sorts of ways. But when you read those accounts, you'll discover that even in the midst of those great trials, even in the midst of those great difficulties, even in the midst of those horrible circumstances, they had the peace of God upon them. The light of God shone from within and was evident on their faces. And they had the joy of the Lord. There are multitudinous accounts of saints being burned at the stake, not screaming, not in agony, 
but with the peace and the joy of God upon them, singing hymns unto God. He gives us grace for every season. He gives us grace in all things. Nothing you are facing is too hard or too difficult or too impossible. And in the midst of it all, you have to say, my heavenly father is working good on my behalf because I love him. I have been called according to his purpose. In all things, I am more than a conqueror. I am overcoming and I have the victory. You have to say, but thanks be to God. He leads us in triumphal procession. Maybe you've never read Hebrews. Maybe it hasn't dawned on you yet. Maybe you're still wondering why it's so crazy and so wicked in the world. This world is not our home. We are aliens and strangers passing through. Heaven is our home. I remember once, precious sister in the Lord, she had fought the fight of faith and she was just tired. She was ready to go home. And that, of course, isn't what we want. We want everyone to be here with us forever. But this world, it is not our home. I remember going, Pastor Sue, to see her one last time, to pray with her one last time, to encourage her one last time. But I know that I know that I know this morning, she has the victory. This morning, she is dancing and worshiping and praising God in his city. And she is dancing on streets of gold. So thanks be to God, she has the victory. Thanks be to God, she has the victory. See, we have to see things according to how our Heavenly Father sees them. We have to see things according to his word. And even in death, even in the face of death, the believer, as we sang during worship, the man or woman who stands firm to the end, even in death, even in the face of death, the believer has the victory. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 51, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Say, but thanks be to God. Be to Say God. it again. Say, but thanks be, to God. thanks be to God. He gives us the victory. Say it. Say, he gives us the victory, us the victory. through our Lord, through our Lord. Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Austin, what are we going to do? Austin, I don't know what we're going to do. Stand firm. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if they say we have to do this or that? Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. 
Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So how should we live in 2021? With all that is going on in the world, how should we live? Should we live any differently than the Christians in the first century who faced great trials? The answer is no. Should we live any differently than the Christians in Corinth who were surrounded by immorality and wickedness and idolatry? Should we live any differently than the Christians in Corinth who faced great persecution for their faith? No. How should we live in 2021? 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Tell your neighbor, say, stand firm. Tell your other neighbor, say, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Say, I am victorious through Christ. Say, in all things, he is working good on my behalf because I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. And because I love him, I obey him. I do what his word says to do. I live the way his word says to live. And even in the midst of this wicked time, when there's all this pressure to conform and to say wickedness is okay, I am living as salt and as light. I am presenting my life and my body unto God as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto him. And so I thank you, Heavenly Father, that in all things you are working good on my behalf, and I have the victory through Christ. I am more than a conqueror, and you are leading me in triumphal procession. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.